Hey, let's take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor. You know, finding a service solution that keeps your customers happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at that networking event. And HubSpot Service Hub can help. So with the service solution part, at least it makes it easy. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform. With an AI-powered help desk and a chatbot to handle your frontline tickets so you could scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com slash service to learn more. This next episode is kind of mind-blowing because this guy, his name's Johnny, started this business that went from zero to over a billion dollar valuation in something like 10 or 12 months. I think that's, I think that's the fastest it's ever been done. Um, so let's get to the story or the, the, the background. Uh, it's basically... Uh, this episode is an interview with Johnny Bafferat. He's the CEO. He's the founder of this company called Hopin. And Hopin started before the pandemic. And what they were trying to do was bring in-person events online. So just like to dumb it down, a virtual event platform. But COVID hit. So you can imagine that it just like took off. Um, so this company, it, it, it's just been astounding to watch these guys because uh, one of the, some of their uh, founding team wrote for Trends and, and we were friends with them at our company. So we got a little bit of an inside track or an inside view uh, how this business works. But Johnny is the CEO. He's a founder. He's in his mid-20s and he's got a very, very, very amazing story, a very interesting outlook. He, he was sick at a young age and that kind of changed how he started uh, looking at the world. And he looked me in the eye when we were doing this interview and he goes, my goal is to make this $100 billion company. That's all I want to do. And it's really weird and strange and odd to re- be around people who are so blunt with their ambitions. Ambitions, And frankly, it's quite inspiring. And I don't think that that's the right move for everyone. But I respect people who know what they want and they get after it. So today's episode is with the CEO of Hopin. He's going to talk about how he grew the business from zero to something like, I think, three, 400 employees and only 12 months, uh, how he's done it all remotely, how he's handling just the personal weight about going about this at such a young age. And it's very fascinating, very interesting. Um, I ask him about some of the stuff that kind of seems boring, but it's really important. Like, how do you create a brand guideline document that your whole team can use and onboard them so quickly? How do you even recruit that many people? I mean, if you recruit 200 people in a year, that means you're going to talk to tens of thousands of people. That's so hard. So I talked to him all about that. Um, This is for trans members, uh, but the first bit is free. If you want it, the whole thing and a lot of other interviews like this, just go to trends.co. It's a dollar. Check it out. So... Let's get to it. Honestly, we, you know, I was already saying in November, we're, we're going to be the, one of the fastest growing companies in the world next year because of how much demand there was for the product. And basically what happened was February hits, uh, coronavirus is happening. We have tons of companies on the wait list that are like, hey, this isn't funny anymore. Like we actually need to move our events online. Can you let us in sort of thing? And we were like, we're six people. We've been very selective. And uh, I realized that, you know, probably the right thing to do, not only from a, Business perspective, but also like a humanitarian was at the time, you know, was like, let's try and launch this and go as fast as possible. And that was my plan anyways, but from November of that year. So literally now we would have been launched, uh, which would be funny, but considering what's happened in that time. So we pushed out in February and, um, you know, since then we've, you know, let's just say, you know, we're 230 people now uh, uh, from an employee size perspective, uh, sorry, a size perspective. And we have you know, over 50,000 p- companies using the platform, com- well, organizations using the platform. Almost 300 employees in, in six or wait, uh, uh, since like March, right? That's correct. Yeah. 
So what's that like eight months, nine months or whatever it is. I mean, that's pretty phenomenal in itself. No. Uh, I mean, how on earth does that even work? How like, so when, when you started, it was just like you and Dave and a handful of other people. That's right. I imagine like it was small. Did you have any money before this or well, you- we had raised uh, from Axel Ventures? We had raised, uh, I think it was $8 million, uh, $8 million at a, about 32 million valuation or something like that. And uh, what month? That was, I mean, we had agreed it in January or not in January, in November, but the time, by the time the lawyers were done, it was January and the start of February. Wow. And how, what was your hire, what's your hiring look like in order to make that happen? Did you just go out and hire like three recruiters or be using outside recruiters? And how on earth do you even make an org chart from nothing to? Well, uh, Sam, I'd say there's quite a few parts to this. I think nowadays there's so much information online. It's kind of like why universities uh, have a hard time keeping up with online courses. There's so much information online and so many ways to get knowledge. On top of that, the other benefit that we had is we're a fully remote company. And when you're fully, uh, a lot of the rules that were set beforehand in how fast you can scale were not the same as online. If you're hiring 60 people in a month uh, from four in an office, you're going to have to, uh, in, 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 real, in real life, you're going to have to change offices like 10 times. Plus, there's a limited pool of people that you can find, plus the notice periods, and you can't get people that can come within. So all these variables go away when it's remote. You can attract amazing talent from across the world yeah but not like the biggest the biggest variable is the fact that if you're going to hire 250 people that means you're probably going to need like 10,000 applicants or uh, some thousands of applicants and then you're going to have to to interview to hire 200 people you're going to have to interview like a, a thousand plus people right and then you got to figure out like uh what are these people even going to do how do they know like how do they know like what our design our branding guidelines are um healthcare like there's way more st- i mean yeah the, the office thing isn't there but there's so much of the, the normal stuff i could go through each part with you i mean but it's it's deep and it's ugly like uh it's it's deep and it's ugly i mean if you're talking about the healthcare and all those plans the u.s is the most complicated place i've ever seen uh for getting that done coming from when we were at when i was in the uk but you know there's our agencies uh so it's na- nowadays you know i would i would explain the example that'll you know, you use a lot of cloud technologies. You know, if you had to build your own CRM and not use Salesforce, it would take your company forever to start selling. Uh, but we used a lot of things that pre-existed. That was the company mindset for the last nine months. Anything that exists. So if we can use an agency that allows it, that does that for us, all the all that sort of stuff, let's do it. Um, you know, with applications, we're remote. So when you put something on- online uh, and you say, we'll hire you wherever you are, you get it to applicants from everywhere. So we were kind of... Very lucky in that sense, I, I, and that's why I think remote dr- drove it. I don't, if you, if you were, if we were a physical office, genuinely, uh, I've said this quite a few times. Uh, I I think there would have been no way that this would have been done. Uh, no chance that we would have been able to scale this fast. But what about so? How did you set up your hiring? So you did you get a recruiter, and and then did you ha- let leaders? Were you like, all right, you are responsible for five people. You're responsible for filling this org chart. I mean, how does that look like? referrals was key and and then uh so referrals was number one so it was like every single person in the company was expected to bring three people and that was genuinely like it it wasn't like you had to do this or else it doesn't work but people did it and that's what we were pushing for we said you need to bring in three people uh as quick as possible and uh so three of the best people you've ever worked with specifically uh but um from there uh you know 
we hired uh, engineering managers. So I'll speak, we hired managers. And then as we got past 60 people, you realize you need a director. Or, you know, I spoke with enough CEOs who've done this because I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, and I still, you know, partially don't. Uh, so, you know, then you hire directors. And when you have enough directors, you hire a VP. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then the system is built and you hire people that have done it before. And then they make everything else work. And yeah, this is just pretty crazy to me. Like just because, you know, we're at, 30 people and we're going to grow we're going to add we'll double but i'm like ugh, i gotta go and talk to all these people i gotta send all these cold emails on linkedin like it's a pain in the ass it's not i mean it's needed but it's hard it's really hard work absolutely and when i think of but then when i think so our company's four years old when i think of going in the first nine months i'm like what the fuck what is an application tracking system like you know what i mean like you know you don't know anything and so it's just hard to comprehend did you what were you doing? You're young, though. You're really young. You're in your mid-20s, right? Yeah. What were you doing before this? I was sick. And before that, I was in university. I had a small app. Uh, I, I sold it for a little bit of money in my second year. And before that, I was uh, in high school. But for about two two to three years, I was just sick. <laughs> Building so apps for fun and for, you're, for freelance. You're a noob still. I mean, it's not like you're you've even had a job. Um, no, just literally contract work for development, essentially. Did you getting into so we have a lot of people who listen who have really awesome companies that do two or three million dollars a year with only two or three people, and it's a very nice lifestyle. And then we definitely have like the HubSpots and like I've said them and like the VC funded folks. Our company, we've never taken funding, but I'm in that world. Did you think from the beginning? I'm going to go hard and I'm willing to own a small piece of this and I'm going to go hard for five or 10 years and hope this blows up or uh, like I'm willing to like risk it all in order to be big or um, where was your head when you were starting? I mean, did you make that decision early on? I guess it's always, it's still early on, but super interesting question. I'll say that uh, in November of last year, when it was around the time when I did the first, when I decided I was going to, so I had two, two decisions in my mind. I said, do I want to bootstrap this company? Uh, and that was before November of last year when I saw that there was a high high growth potential. Uh, it was do I want to uh, do I want to bootstrap this company? Um, and uh, the I realized that there was too high a conversion rate between attendees to organizers. Too many attendees like a- attendee has a good experience. They say, oh, let me host an event. We had a three percent. Well, at the time it was five percent. Now it's about three to three to ha- three to four three to four percent conversion rate. I said this is incredibly viral. So if if I launch this in, uh, so, so that's so, the conversion rate of, of organizers who come to your event or uh, organizers who land on your sales page and no, that's attendees who attend an event and then realize they want to host an event themselves or over time decide to host an event themselves. So 3% of people who attend someone else's event become hosts. Yeah. And that was, and so that's what, that, that, that's that at that time was the uh, thing that made me realize I needed to get venture funding because I said this could explode. Uh, in terms of if 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 the product quality is higher, so um, w- you know it could really really be fast growth. So I, that at that moment I realized uh, um, I wanted to, I wanted to push something out very quick. And honestly, uh, the t- I know that they say things happen for a reason. Uh, for me, I'd sold an app after university uh, in university, and I kind of always wanted to live that remote work lifestyle of like I'm going to go to Bali, work from there, and just live a very comfortable life. But because of, after I was sick for two years, I kind of like. And just kind of stay at home, listen to podcasts, listen, read, read, read the hustle, you know, stuff like that, you know, that you do. Um, 
you know, I, I came out of it and I, uh, really it was the perfect time for me to get out of the sickness because, uh, when it was through the remission, because I'm like, I kind of felt like I needed to do something very quickly. I, I, I honestly, I, I don't know the pace changed, let's say in my life. How much did you sell that out for? Uh, around $300,000. So that's really good money for a uh, 20 something. Yeah, I should I, I should have kept going. But uh, it, yeah, it was uh, it was a ton of money to be in university for. Why should you have kept going? Um, you know, I had parents, uh, strict parents that were very like, you know, I wanted to, they wanted me I studied mechanical engineering. I was, they were like, try out, you know, normal life, don't quit uni. And I was like, okay. And that was about it. That was the discussion. <laughs> so uh, I sold. I you think like, look, like guys, I probably made more money than you did. What are you talking about? Like, I again, very different person when I was in university than to uh, I, before sickness, after sickness. You know, only thing that didn't change is my girlfriend, and uh, she will tell you that I'm completely, uh, utterly different person. I was just thinking about, uh, you know, how much uh, alcohol that could buy me with my friends and stuff like that. That was literally my thoughts. What motivates you now and so I, I'm really just fascinated because I don't know if you view it this way, but from an outsider's point of view, it's someone. In, how much have you? How much money have you guys raised? Um, oh, total about one eighty, I think. Total a hundred eighty million dollars. Yes. So you've raised a hundred eighty million dollars. So this business, the way that I think you'd have to run it is like it's got to be huge, or it's probably going to die. Is that right? I mean, die is strong, but yes, it's yes, uh, we, ha we have to be huge. I mean, it's difficult to say because we're also SaaS. So I don't, SaaS, I mean, they can die, but I, I see it differently as, uh, I, I don't see it as uh, plain and simple. Like, you know, Apple came back from the dead, but yes, yes. Maybe from the venture, from the investments point of view and the type of business, like I would imagine you've got to run it like this has to be a massive thing. Like people are betting that this is going to be huge. They're not betting that it's going to be a mild success. And a mild success, if you own the whole thing, is like a huge deal. Like if you sold the company for $50 million and you owned all of it, that's just like massive, massive, massive. If you sold your business for $100 million, they'd be like, oh, fuck that. You really missed the mark. Right. So 100%. <laughs> right. That's what I mean. Um, do you think that I'm just fascinated by that, uh, the idea of the, the decision to what, what motivates someone to make that decision to go that route, uh, particularly when you have options? Uh, for me, it was purely after, uh, I mean, I would have probably not taken that decision had it been uh, me pre illness, po post illness for sure. Uh, it was that life is uh, short and, uh, you know, uh, go at it at full speed. And that was genuinely the mindset that I've taken in almost everything. I try not to, you know, anything that doesn't need to be done sequentially, I try to do it uh, at the same time. And if, you know, if it doesn't have to be. And, and so that's really the mindset that I've taken after. And who knows, you know, because focus isn't key and, you know, you can burn and all that sort of stuff. But I've just been super, I don't know, it was super exciting. Like I still live uh, today. I super excited about everything that just life is uh, moving at this pace. It's, it's fun. And so that is definitely the key motivation for me was uh, post illness. Are you tired at all? It's only been nine months, but uh, it's been a crazy nine months for you. Are you worn out at all yet? 
and what's your what's your work week uh looking like um okay i always hate when these questions are asked because every ceo says they work super hard and da, 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 da. yes uh long long like yes like for me it usually starts because i work uh i've been working in london and uh european times but i have we have a lot of people in san francisco so usually it's, uh, and customers etc so usually i'll sleep at two wake up at um wake up at eight nine and really but I, I like as soon as i wake up i'm i'm at work and i think a lot of people in coronavirus feel the same way it's like you just get up and get on your laptop and start answering slack messages and <laughs> moving things and uh most of the day is filled with meetings uh i don't get to code anymore which that, that's something that you used to have a lot of enjoyment from um what else is there uh you asked about uh if i'm tired now i would say uh like physically sometimes yes mentally no yeah, it it can be exhausting. I think that like our, my friend, I have a friend named Jason Lemkin, who's this, you know, Jason, uh, yeah. like Saster guy. He's awesome. And he was all, he's always like year five is when it hits you where you're like, uh, I need a, like a three month vacation. I'm worn out. And uh, I definitely, ex- well, I, I had experienced that as well. It was earlier than year five. Um, but when I think of hiring 250 people and doing it during 2020, which has been a very hard month. Um, I just think like I would be exhausted if I were you. And I wanted to hear how that, how that has played out, but you've answered it. Um, so at, we, we host events. So at, we had this thing called HustleCon where we would have like collectively about 10,000 people a year come to our trade show, our event. What do you think is going to happen in the next two or three years for the event industry? Oh, that's such a, uh, a really good question. And I think the event industry is such a gigantic industry that it's, I can't generalize it. It's, it's, a gi- it's like, I think, one of the world's biggest market markets, uh, if not, uh, it's, it's huge. I mean, an event can be a conference, it could be a fundraiser, it could be a concert, it can be a uh, 20 people going for a, a, a CEO dinner. Like, it literally ranges. It could be a book club. So, it, it, and a wedding is also, so yeah, point is there's tons of different types. Now, if you're asking specifically about business and, and conferences uh, specifically, let's, I mean, if that's what you'd want to go into, conferences and expos. Well, what, 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 what do you think is the most interesting opportunities? Ooh, that's a, that's a tough teaser, isn't it? I'm sorry, but that's what we got to do to pay the bills around here. So go to trends.co if you want to hear the rest of the episode. Um, we've got a bunch of interviews like this, as well as a group with a bunch of CEOs and founders similar to Johnny. So sign up to trends.co. It's a dollar. If you don't like it, just cancel and then join the group. See our research. It's awesome. You're going to have fun. It's a dollar. Change your life. Dollar. Easy. See you there.